0: three chapter four of the mask by florence irwin this librivox recording is in the public domain alison howland and her husband never forgot that april night they pretended to dine at home in the spring twilight but the amount of food they managed to swallow was not very great alison had a new frock for the affair phil had insisted on that and he surveyed her with intense pride after helping her into its intricacies by jove alison he said you're the best-looking woman i ever saw you're so different-looking she colored with pleasure at his words you are not especially bad-looking yourself she told him in sooth phil howland was a man transformed his stooping slouch was gone and he held himself erect The hangdog look had given place to an air of confidence, and his hectic egotism and aggressiveness had melted into something that was nothing more than respectable self-reliance. His regular life had taken the edge off his nerves, and his whole manner bore the buoyant stamp of success. They drove up to the theater in a hansom, that being Alison's favorite conveyance as they approached the entrance she saw the words the mask thrown in huge letters of flame against the pale crepuscular april sky and she felt as though the beating of her own heart would suffocate her they were the first of their party to arrive but it wasn't many minutes before they were greeting the others all very happy and very complimentary about phil's importance i never sat in the box with a playwright before smiled gertrude don't you feel proud to belong to him ally darling it was a rather superfluous question alison's pride in her husband was written all over her the best seats were forced upon the three parents gertrude and kenneth took the next best with many protestations but alison insisted that nothing would induce her to sit anywhere but in the background and they all understood that phil would want to be moving around a bit by eight o'clock the house was crowded and the standing room only sign was displayed on the sidewalk inside the curtain rolled smoothly up and the performance began there was no question about its success from start to finish the applause was constant and thunderous even phil was satisfied alison heard him mutter under his breath thank god it's all right and then give a long tremendous sigh of relief her hand sought and met his and there with tightly interlocked fingers they sat and watched their mutual success there were curtain calls and responses from the star and bows of appreciation from the entire company but even that wasn't enough at the conclusion of the piece somewhere in the house the cry of author was started and in a moment every unit in that vast audience had caught it up author author they thundered till it was like bedlam itself presently came the manager seeking phil phil frowned and shook his head but there was no choice nothing less than the appearance of the author could possibly still that clamor alison turned to her husband to insist her eyes were wet with tears you must go phil you must nothing else will satisfy them he drew her out into the corridor with him and then he spoke not i he said you i you're crazy it is the play they are applauding not the book you wrote the play go on out dear and tell them so they'll never stop till you do mr broadhead was called and instructed presently he appeared on the stage and managed to get a hearing ladies and gentlemen he said neither i nor the publisher is in the least aware of the identity of the anonymous author of that successful novel the mask but the playwright mr phillips howland is here and will be very happy to respond to your call and to receive your congratulations on his successful work while he was speaking phil had been saying hurriedly to alison i want you to let me tell them there is no sense in further secrecy let us take our happiness together let me tell them may i oh i don't know she faltered I'm afraid of deciding too quickly. I'm afraid of making a mistake. I ask it as a favor, he whispered as he hurried away. I'll watch you for a sign. Don't fail me. And he was gone at his appearance on the stage. The house went mad again. And then he raised his hand, and the silence was immediate and intense. Dear people, he said, I cannot begin to thank you adequately there is no use in trying but if it is true that the way to be happy is to give happiness then every soul of you here tonight should be steeped in bliss it is kindness of this sort that makes work sweet it is appreciation of this sort that spurs a man to further effort if ever i write a better play than this it will be because there is no other way of expressing my gratitude to you for tonight's success there are two sides to success the side of the man who makes the effort and the side of those who appreciate it and put it on its feet neither side can go far without the other so you see i owe you quite as much tonight as you can possibly owe me with all my heart i thank you i thank the ladies and gentlemen who have ensured the success of the piece by their skillful portrayal of its various characters i thank the manager who has been known to you too long and too well to necessitate compliments on my part and to my thanks i add my grateful acceptance of that part of your appreciation to which i have a right the part which applies to the work of dramatization but as i am sure you all know the play is written around a novel of the same name which made such a hit this past winter that novel in spite of repeated reports to the contrary i did not write from the first however i have been in the confidence of its anonymous author but never until i sat watching this play with you tonight did i realize with what sweet lovable and wise motives had that anonymity been assumed while he had been speaking alison's eyes had never left his face she sat as if spellbound following his every word unconscious of all else in the world just before he mentioned the secret authorship of the book he threw her a quick glance in answer and almost like a person hypnotized she responded with a nod a smile lighted his face and he continued i am about to doff a mask of my own the best way of proving my gratitude to you is to share with you my guilty secret also it is the surest means of convincing you that i am sincere in disclaiming credit for the book ladies and gentlemen the author of the mask is my wife it will give her intense pleasure to help me receive your more than kind congratulations he stepped quickly over to the rail of the box and held out his hand like a woman in a trance alison rose in response to his summons she saw nothing else realized nothing else but just that phil was waiting for her the startled exclamations of the rest of the box party fell on deaf ears their looks of incredulous happiness on blind eyes By instinct she found her way to the front of the box. She reached out her hand and took Phil's, her eyes dewy, her lips parted, her breast rising and falling tumultuously. There they stood together, while thunderous bursts of applause rolled up to them from that sea of clapping hands and human throats. Wave after wave collected, broke, and gave place to its successor it seemed as if it would never end at last it was over and the satisfied audience began to disperse and then came the more intimate congratulations mr terry was experiencing what was probably the proudest moment of his life mrs terry was crying openly gertrude and ken were a quiver with happy felicitations and surprised questions and old judge howland kept swallowing something in his throat and repeating my boy and my girl my boy and my girl in a voice that was suspiciously husky they were getting into their wraps phil and alison acting very much like a pair of sleepwalkers seeking armholes missing them forgetting them and then awaking anew to the necessity for finding them when along came the manager with an invitation the entire party must join him and the principals and the producer in a theatre supper of jubilation he interrupted his own invitation to add his especial laurels to alison's rapidly accumulating heap and then urged anew alison would honestly rather have gone home but she saw that it would not only be ungracious but that it would be a disappointment to the rest of her party so she yielded at once mr and mrs terry though anxious to go were inwardly experiencing some little trepidation the rawls judge howland and phil were frankly eager where are we going asked alison to a hungarian restaurant downtown if you will there'll be italian cooking and delicious native wine and the most interesting crowd you'll find in new york carriages will be at the stage entrance in a few moments the terrys and rawls were honored by being placed in the first carriage a little to the disappointment of the latter pair judge howland insisted on going with his girl so he and alison and mr westcott the producer got into the second carriage while phil together with broadhead and the two principals followed in the third the rest of the party paired off according to personal preference alison and her happy father-in-law sat side by side while the equally happy mr westcott faced them he fairly radiated delight and it was you who wrote that clever book mrs howland he asked how proud you must feel More thankful than proud, she smiled. Wasn't it a frightfully difficult feat difficult? Oh no, I think it would have been much harder not to write it than to write it after I once began to think about things. At this, Judge Howland gave a snort of pleasure. The true fountain of inspiration laughed Westcott. Impossible to damn. Alison tactfully turned the talk away from herself what a hit the play made she began her companion almost took the words out of her mouth by george didn't it though he cried wonderful simply wonderful where did you sit sir asked judge howland in a box oh no indeed broadhead and i were at the back and moved about constantly in order to take the pulse of the audience then we had men planted all over the house not to applaud said alison rather fearfully heavens no he laughed simply to watch the audience and to see whether the thing got over and there was no question about it it is the hit of the year you and your husband must give us many more such pieces mrs howland how happy you must be to be able to work hand in hand as it were arrived at the restaurant they entered a long room filled with tables around which parties were rapidly collecting on a raised platform at one end the orchestra was stationed at first the musicians followed their own program but as the evening progressed they repeatedly responded to calls from the audience giving any selection that was demanded in the center of each table was a cask with a spigot from this was drawn the sparkling pink hungarian wine broadhead's party attracted immediate attention the host and those of his guests who were professionals were already well known and the balance of the party looked sufficiently interesting to warrant frequent glances and inquiries nothing was formal intimates wandered from table to table Everyone who approached Broadhead's table either asked about the reception of the new piece, or offered felicitations on the success they had already heard reported. The newcomers were invariably presented to Phil and Alison, and congratulations were incessant and cordial. Gertrude, watching her sister, began to realize that there might be something bigger in the world than perfect contentment. Alison had built she had achieved she had created that meant power and influence and perhaps even a name that would outlive her what opportunities were hers what vistas opened before her she had done something that had made the world take notice she had outstripped them all gertrude herself was the recipient of no small share of admiration her beauty and her charm assured her of that but the real glory of the evening belonged to those who had made its success mr and mrs terry having gone a little fearfully were distinctly surprised except that the conversation was more sparkling they might have been at a supper party of their own intimates nowhere in the room was there anything to wound their sensibilities Although repeated attempts were made to lead the conversation into other channels, it always came back to the mask. Small wonder either, considering the reception the piece had had. The most remarkable thing of all, said Broadhead, was that the big punch came in that quiet second act. We expected one, of course, in the third act, and we got it but it was a regular triumph to get that second act across the way we did that was your favorite alison said phil nodding to his wife it was queried broadhead eagerly you picked that scene mrs howland why i thought it wonderful because of its very quiet and its restraint she replied the next scene was carried by action this by mere mental force its success to-night she added graciously was due of course to the acting of miss marden and mr sharrow and to mr howland's lines miss marden interposed quickly and so it went the graceful ball of compliment was caught by one of them only to be tossed by him to another but always the book and the play were the great themes of the conversation and always even among these professionals alison was singled out for admiration a woman who at one fell blow had set the world agog who had jumped into fame with scarcely an effort was not a woman to disregard as they talked a commotion in the front of the room caught their attention a famous italian tenor had just entered he was pointed out to mr broadhead's party just as he blew a kiss to miss martin later singers rose in their various places and sang delightfully some even walked on to the platform to oblige their listening audience there was applause and batinage and intimate dialogue the coningsboro guests scarcely knew themselves it was a different world from any that they had ever glimpsed even ken that incomparable worldling was fairly new to it it was late when they all separated after repeated good nights, Phil and Alison got into a cab alone and drove homeward. They talked but little as they sped through the lamp-lit night. Their hearts and brains were too full for talk. They were glad to lean back in the semi-gloom and give themselves up to happy retrospect. How wonderful it all was, thought Allison. How marvelous! Even yet she could scarcely grasp it by far the greatest miracle of all from her point of view greater than fame greater than money was the present relationship between her and her husband how distant seemed now the unhappiness the disagreements the misunderstandings why only one short year ago she had been on the point of leaving him had indeed actually left him she shivered as she realized the abyss her feet had skirted. But now that it was all over, she realized fully that the things that had seemed so horrible at the time had actually been the leading strings of her happiness. Without loneliness she would never have turned to writing. Without suffering she could never have comprehended. Without their tragedy never would that first tender mutual bond have sprung up between her and phil and without her phil would never have succeeded in all humility and in all thankfulness she admitted it for she knew that it was true but for her phil would have taken a girl from the circle around him and have sunk constantly lower or he would have married some other delicately reared woman of alison's own class and the result would have been separation by exactly those inborn traits that differentiated her from other women had she been able to save him from himself and she thanked heaven for granting her the opportunity the ability and the wisdom how more than worthy he was of salvation there was sweetness in him there was responsiveness there was brilliancy It needed but the firm and patient hand of a good woman to keep him from the gutter. Then Alison thought of Phil's father. She had been enabled to justify his affection. She had given him a son of whom he might be proud forever. And to Judge Howland, pride was the breath of life. A certain intuition told Alison that the old man's special happiness that night had been caused by his son's repudiation of that share of the praise which was not his right suddenly a flash of wonder assailed her judge howland had always been an inveterate bookworm had he by any chance long known of the secret source of phil's mountebanks well even if he had atonement had now been made his pride in his son was firmly established there came into the girl's mind an old couplet that her mother used to quote the clouds we most do dread are rich with blessing and will break in fulness on our head in fulness on her head had her own dread clouds indeed broken as she sat dreaming they found themselves at their own door once inside the apartment their tongues were loosed IN SPITE OF THE LATENESS OF THE HOUR, THEY SAT DOWN AND BEGAN TO PLAN FOR THE HAPPY FUTURE THAT LAY BEFORE THEM. THEY WOULD WORK, OF COURSE, WORK TOGETHER, THAT WAS THE FOUNDATION ON WHICH THEIR ENTIRE edifice WAS TO BE BUILT. BESIDES WORKING, THEY WOULD TRAVEL TOGETHER. I'LL SHOW YOU EUROPE, PROMISED PHIL, AND ALL THE PLACES I KNOW, AND THEN WE'LL DISCOVER NEW ONES TOGETHER oh phil she cried it's come at last the thing i've longed for all my life it seems too good to be true everything seems a bit that way he laughed let's always keep this little flat for town use alison we'll need a foothold in town and merely for what we've been through here together i'd hate to give it up give it up she interrupted quickly of course we won't give it up why should we we won't as i'm telling you we'll keep it but not for a permanent home because you're going to have that real home that you've always longed for the sweetest little home in the country that you ever saw oh no phil you mustn't you'd hate it hate it i'd love it i can hardly wait to find it not really dear isn't it just to please me It's to please myself by pleasing you. Please, God, you are not going to have the sole option on unselfishness in this household in the years to come. What about snowstorms? I shall probably discover that they are as beautiful as mud beds. What about furnaces? If I can't make money enough to hire a furnace man, I'll find my own proper level as a stoker. He rose and, going over to her, dropped to his knees by her side and buried his head in her lap. "'Oh, Alison,' he said, "'when I think what a trump you've been, how you've stood by me and seen me through, there aren't words to tell you how I feel about it. You've made me. That's what you've done. Made me, body and soul.' "'No, Phil, I've done nothing but tried to get you a fair chance.' that was all that you needed you never had it before well i've had it now and may i live to make good and the first thing i do with it is to see that you have a fair chance yourself as he talked his wife's busy mind flew off to plans for this happy future that he promised her she could see him in the new surroundings it was inevitable that his artistic nature should blossom more luxuriantly in a setting that was less bleak and bare with coming prosperity she could imagine him busy and interested cynicism socialism bohemianism all forgotten and outgrown he would be proud of his home proud of his wife proud of his do you hear what i am saying alison her husband's voice interrupted Or are you dreaming? I was dreaming, I think. What did you say, dear? I said that you must have something more worthy of your petting than I have been. My dear, if ever there was a woman born to be a magnificent mother of sons and of daughters, that woman is you. Oh, Phil, Phil, she cried, and the tears were raining down her cheeks. That is what I long for, dear. It is all that i lack no more lonely hours no more arms aching from emptiness but instead little feet to patter little bodies to care for little brains to train little lips to kiss as they sat there in blissful silence there suddenly rang in alison howland's brain words that she had not heard for years They were as distinct as though actually intoned by her father's tender voice. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. In truth, Alison Howland remembered no more her anguish for joy that a man was born into the world end of book three chapter four end of the masque by florence irwin